In this episode of Crawfunny Nerds, Sean is all by his lonesome self because he forgot that everyone had today off, so nobody was around to record a podcast with them. But anyway, in this episode, I, I talk about a book I've just listened to uh, through Audible by Felicia Day, who was the founder of Geek and Sundry and who created the web series The Guild. Uh, her book, You're Never Weird on the Internet, has some really interesting insights for business and within the sort of geek space that is well worth listening to but I, I highlight my my keynotes and takeaways from going through the book hope you enjoy game begin let, 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 let's go lightning bolt lightning bolt facebook ad facebook ad facebook ad that's awesome well welcome folks to another exciting episode of the crowdfunding nerds I'm all here by my lonesome because apparently we <laughs> we had uh, the day after Thanksgiving off, but me being based in the UK, not really up to the lingo in terms of uh, how our holidays are structured there in the US, I decided to uh, come to work unbeknownst to me. And since I'm the only one around and we need to get a podcast out, it kind of leaves me uh, alone here to take the helm. But it's okay because I did have yesterday off, Thanksgiving day. And it's not really a thing here in the in the UK, as many of you know. So I took the opportunity to spend a great deal of that day uh, moving because I'm currently moving house. So I was moving lots of boxes and I have an audio book subscription through Audible and I was listening to a book. So the book I was listening to was You're Never Weird on the Internet Almost by Felicia Day. And it's sort of a autobiography. I think it was written about 2015. So it's... A little dated, but it's the first time I had heard about it. And obviously knowing Felicia Day from the Guild and sort of all the influencer stuff she's done and everything through Geek and Sundry, I figured this is somebody in the geek gaming tabletop space that has been able to turn a hobby into a career. It'd be worth listening to what she has to say and taking uh, notes as I was going through, as I do with uh, most books that I, I read and, and listen to. I decided, hey, this would actually make good podcast, a good podcast just by highlighting some of the key takeaways of the book uh, that I, I thought were worth mentioning. And I would recommend that you go check out the book. I'll include a link in the show notes. Uh, she's a very good writer, so it's very interesting and kind of enjoyable uh, listen or read, depending on how you're going to choose to go about this. And it, she provides some pretty uh, good insights into really running a business that I thought I, I would cover. So with all that being said, why don't we dive in? So this episode might be a, a bit shorter as a result, but I think we can we can cover some ground here that that'd be worthwhile. So whenever I was listening to this book, I would pause whenever I, I thought something was noteworthy and I would, uh, then you can leave a note with timestamps. So uh, I was able to do this periodically as I was, <laughs> I was moving stuff from house to house. And yeah, yeah, luckily I should probably mention as well, I'm only moving down the road, so I can literally just walk back and forth all day. So it makes moving quite co- convenient and allow me to, to, to listen and pause whenever I wanted to and, and, you know, take these notes. So overall, I would say that the, the book gives a very interesting insight into the formation of the guild, which for those who don't know, it was a very popular web series, probably the most popular web series ever. That was released in 2007, and I believe it kind of came to its climax in 2012 when it all ended the final season. And it was it was based around World of Warcraft characters, so uh, 
know, myself and Andrew are quite familiar with the series and it, it's good fun. So it gives a, a background look into the production of those things. Cause you can often think, Oh, Geek and Sundry, it's this really big and popular geek website and the guild was super popular and it went viral. And I suppose vi- via when things go viral, it just sort of magically happens. So this was a, the book in and of itself is a very good insight into what really was happening behind the scenes and things aren't as they appear, as Longfellow would, would say. First note I have is in chapter four, where Felicia mentions that her family adopted the internet pretty early. And this was due to her grandfather who worked for, who worked for the U.S. military as a U.S. and U.S. missile command for something some like 20 years. And her grandfather encouraged their family to get get online pretty much as soon as anyone could. And she explains the service that they used was a thing called CompuServe, which was apparently very expensive, but it enabled her as a homeschooler and feeling quite isolated to connect with people online. So that was kind of the, the beginning of her of her journey. The reason I, I, I thought this was interesting because I recently just finished a book called Surveillance Valley, the secret military history of the internet by uh, Yasha Levine. And I don't know why he has the word secret in the, the, the title. It's, it's not really secret. It's maybe more so forgotten. But that, anyway, that book was very good and and detailing the history or formation of the internet, which came out of ARPA, which is DARPA, Research and Development Arm of the CIA, and how it was originally used for counterinsurgency operations in Vietnam and kind of evolved out of that. And I think this is important to know because anyone who does business on the internet needs to know what the internet is and where did it come from and how has it developed. So it's a very interesting in, in terms of that, that. So I just thought it was interesting that her, her grandfather who had a military background was the one who actually encouraged their family to adopt the internet. And it kind of made sense just because of uh, me having just finished reading this book, The Surveillance Valley, which I would highly recommend as well. It's a great read. Anyway, so moving on to chapter eight, and this is more uh, where we get into the, the business side of things. She lists four principles or sort of four steps to essentially pro- productivity, productivity advice, which I thought this was really good. So number one, find a group to support you and encourage you uh, to guilt you into doing. So she talks about how she and a group of other women would meet, I believe it was weekly, it was either weekly or biweekly and have breakfast together and they would share their goals of what they wanted to achieve and then give sort of status updates on how they were doing. They could hold each other accountable. She, she really says that this group was pivotal in the formation of the guild. She said she didn't have the motivation to write a script by herself and she was constantly being discouraged and they would encourage her and they provided expertise that allowed her to eventually create it and, and to eventually make it into a web series and not seek to develop it through ordinary means uh, like going through the Hollywood or something like that. So that's that's our first step to productivity. Find a group to support you and encourage you. And this is something you can do through the crowdfunding nodes. You, you might want to you know connect with some people there if you have a crowdfunding journey or goals as well. And you might want to meet weekly over Zoom and just sort of hold each other accountable. How, how your development goal is going and uh, how can we help each other and just kind of network. I think it's, it's very, very important. So number two in her, 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 her productivity advice is to make goals. 
So these are things which are defined and achievable. Number three is form a list of all the things that are distracting you from achieving that goal and then remove them from your life. <laughs> so she, she was ex- explaining how when she was creating the guild, she had to start playing video games because it was a distraction from her achieving her goal, which was to make a, a, a web, web, a web show about video games. <laughs> and then number four, she says, put the fear of God into yourself. And <laughs> what she means by this point is she explains that just realize how short your life is and how time is precious. So this way of just understanding that you know, time is this very important commodity that we all have and it needs to be utilized in a way that is, um, in a way that you, you appreciate what it actually is. So uh, th- those were her four points of productivity. Find a support group, make clear goals, remove distractions, and then recognize how short and fleeting time is so that you can best use your time and achieving your goals. So that was chapter eight. We jump into chapter nine. She, she lists some tips here of how to create a film or a film series with no money. Now bear in mind, she did create the guild in 2007 when access to video cameras was far harder. Now everyone essentially carries a you know, high quality camera in their pockets. So I don't know how much of this would translate to now, but I think the principles here are, are interesting and just keep in mind, this is for films as well. So if you're thinking of creating your own film to promote your board game, uh, these might be some, some tips that would be worth considering. So I've included in this section. So uh, the first tip for creating films with no money or on a low budget is to collect things. So she talks about how she found props wherever she could. She would go <laughs> dumpster diving. She'd go to charity shops. She, she just, she became someone who's just able to collect a bunch of things. You went on websites like marketplaces where people are often uh, giving things away for free. I actually find Facebook Marketplace is a good place to, uh, you know, find things where people just want to give away or to sell at a very cheap price. Another website that my wife loves is Vinted. So you might want to check out Vinted. A lot of secondhand stuff there that you can find. So yeah, that's the first one is to collect things, props. You might find a really cool Star Wars memorabilia really cheaply online. It would look really cool in the background of your set. So just things like that. Or you might find some really cool lighting, uh, LED lighting or something, um, which won't cost lots of money. So just think of, you know, props and background things that you might be able to pick up at affordable price. So number two is favor is a four-letter word. And she talks about leveraging friends and family and and students So (laughs) because they needed a crew to uh, shoot this web series, even though it it was quite simple. They had to call, up, call in a lot of favors in terms of locations where they would shoot, uh, calling in students who were trying to build uh, their their video portfolio. So those might be ways where you can uh, get a crew or get people to help you make this film just by leveraging favors. You know, that one neighbor that you, you know always look after, babysit their kids or something, or your wife does or something. I, whatever it is, whatever favor you can glean, you might want to call them in to help make this. Um, and also leverage people who are trying to build their portfolios. Students could find these things very helpful as portfolio pieces to move on to, to other things. Number three, she says, never let your film crew shoot in your home. They will wreck it. So she talks about how the film crew wrecked her home. So it might be a good advice that if you are doing things on a budget, you might not want to necessarily do it uh, inside your house, <laughs> even though that might seem quite obvious at first, will be the cheapest place to do it. Uh, just bear in mind you are having potential strangers or, or people in your home that 
might not treat it with respect. So just keep that in mind. And then uh, number four, she says, a disaster is your low budget best friend. And she talks about how, you know, unfortunately with low budget things, you can't avoid certain disasters. So a lot of disasters will pop up. And that's why you spend money. You spend money to reduce disasters or reduce problems by having certain people, you know, special specialities in certain areas. So when you're doing things on a budget, you will have delays. You will have things that will go wrong and to make room for that. And then number five, she just says, uh, making things with friends is awesome. So the last point she says, have fun, have fun doing this. And I think it's, it's a good way to sort of end that section. So that's how to make uh, a film on a budget. Uh, those five points, which I, I thought was worth including here. Okay, number 10, she talks about how, or number 10, chapter 10, she talks about how the, the, once the guild was created, how did they market the guild? How did she, she marketed the guild because essentially she was the, the marketer for, for the series. And she talks about how she found every single geek blog that she possibly could find. And she personally emailed every single one of them. And she said, even though she could have just copied and pasted the text, she felt that she had to write a unique response for every single one of them so that they knew it was uh, legitimate. And she said that she even included proof that she understood their um their website because she said oh i've got i've attached screenshots of articles so i know that you're going to like uh, my series the guild because i've I've gone to your website and i've read your articles and she even used humor in that, in that saying that she would dox them and she, you know, she has she has enough information about them um so she used a bit of humor as well so it's something to keep in mind because she essentially says it was a full-time job that she spent weeks just emailing all these different blogs sharing it on social media, just grinding, working really hard. And I think for me, it was a great insight into how the guild was marketed because you sort of just assume that it happens by itself. You know, you just put it on YouTube and it just blows up and the algorithm picks it up and it, and it's, it's, uh, it's a bit of magic, but there was a lot of work that went into promoting this. And frankly, frankly, it probably verged on spam, but uh, anything... Anyway, it, it shows you the motivation and the amount of work that goes to actually getting something off, off uh, on its feet. She also talks about how it, it was featured on the front page of YouTube. So at one stage, YouTube would feature content creators on its front page. And she says that's where the, the virality came. But that wouldn't have happened if she probably wasn't going around emailing a bunch of people that eventually was picked up by someone who was someone from YouTube who obviously saw it, saw it and then decided to feature it on the front page. So chapter 12, she then talks about the success of the guild and how eventually YouTube uh, purchased Geek and or funded Geek and Sundry, which, which allowed her to hire eight time, sorry, allowed her to hire eight full time staff where they were creating, they were churning out videos. I think it was like a video a day, um, or more, two videos a day. She said something crazy, like 500 videos a year that they were, they were churning out. And uh, she then talks about, the how I suppose that workload and she wasn't prepared for the, the success that the guild and geek and sundry had that already just burnt her out and she had a lot of sort of mental problems, um, mental health issues as a result. Um, so I think it's just worth mentioning that YouTube funded geek and sundry, so this wasn't something that was, I suppose, self funded. So it might 
give you some ideas that if you do ever have something that blows up, you, you might be able to find other people who step in and are willing to, to fund it and, and invest in your, in your company for um, a stake in return. So I just thought it was interesting. I didn't know that before that Geek and Sunday was actually funded by YouTube. Um, at one time they had a creator funding uh, platform where they, they funded, uh, so like, I think, I think it was a hundred creators for so many years. And I think they, they funded Geek and Sunday for five years. Uh, so it was a good stretch. <clears throat> yeah. Then she, a lot of this chapter, she, she talks about the, uh, work-life balance that she wasn't really able to maintain it and to be careful of that. And chapter 12, I think is, is it's worth listening to if you're feeling discouraged in your game development or your crowdfunding journey. It's in this section, she does a lot of self-reflection and she says that she became so obsessed with the guild and its success that she started equating the guild to her self-worth, which is quite dangerous when you start attributing your achievements with who you are on top in, in an ontological sense. And this is what she even says. She says, Felicia Day was the guild. So to criticize the guild was to be a direct criticism of her. And obviously there's, there's trolls online and not everyone's going to like the guild. And she started taking things quite personally. I think it had an impact on her, her psyche. So she really just explains the, which, which I thought was, was quite interesting, the, the need to be content with your work, even if it doesn't succeed, or even if it doesn't achieve the things you, you wanted to achieve, not to attribute your self-worth as a human being with your achievements. And I, I think this is, this is important uh, to highlight uh, simply with, uh, because things don't always go as planned. So for example, let's say we have farmer A and farmer B, and farmer A and farmer B have the exact same uh, amount of land in the exact same place. And they have the exact same farming techniques and they both work just as hard, the, the same amount, but farmer A at the end of the year has a higher yield than farmer B. And you know, one might assume that, oh, you're a, you're a better farmer than me, but they did the exact same thing. They worked just as hard, but one had a different result. And that's because in business and in anything in life, there's always things which are outside of our control that determine success. So. It's not success is not always attributed to your abilities or your your efforts, and she really stresses this in, in chapter twelve, which I th- think is important. So um, it's important not to see your self worth in your work, but rather see it as an extension um, of yourself, not not that it is yourself. And then you know what I really got from this chapter is, is really being humbled by your achievements instead of. I'm saying, oh, look how great I am. Look what I've accomplished, but rather uh, having this sort of more, this attitude of gratitude, I suppose, where you're also looking at what you've achieved and sort of being thankful that you've had those opportunities and those experiences and sort of viewing them in that light rather than, oh, look how great I am. I'm, I'm wonderful because that has a, a flip side, right? Because you know, when things don't work out, well, then it means you're terrible. <laughs> so I, th- I thought this full chapter 12 was, was quite insightful just in, in terms of, some practical advice, but then also a a unique insight into her life and the struggles that she had. And then finally, chapter 14, she, at the very end, lists some advice to, for, for business. And so I think that's probably the, maybe the key takeaway 
from everything you've, you've listened to. Um, she lists out four principles of, of business. So number one, find out where you are weakest and then plug those holes with people who have strengths and your deficiencies. So yeah, partnering with people, find people who have competencies or strengths that you don't possess or you don't have time to, <laughs> to develop those, those skills. Number two, uh, sign up for the daily work, not the payoff. So again, coming sort of back to chapter 12, just enjoy, enjoy the work itself, enjoy the process, not always, don't be consumed by uh, whether it's successful or not. Some, some things like that is out of your control, but to rather enjoy the process in and of itself, it's going to be a reward if, if it's done right. And number three says, don't let the world run you, run it. So I suppose just take charge. And I think that probably comes back to your, your, those productivity things, setting goals and entertaining them and not sort of always making excuses or being distracted. Um, so essentially taking control of, of your actions and being disciplined and being motivated, which, which can be tough. And this is why you need accountability groups who can hold you accountable and be like, Hey, have you been doing your goals this week? And why not? And <laughs> kind of, uh, in a very constructive way, holding each other accountable to, to do that. And she, number four, she says, the more mistakes, the better the stories afterwards. So just understand that failure is an opportunity to learn and to always look back um, and to think of ways that you can grow. So yeah, those are all my notes from listening to the audiobook, which she read. So I, I think it was a, it's a, was an easy listen. And yeah, I think those, those were my key highlights. So I highly recommend that, that you do it. I know this one's a bit shorter uh, because we're soloing it, but I figured uh, this was worth covering and you can, you can certainly listen to it and hopefully you find, found this helpful. So with that all being said, I hope you guys have, have had a happy Thanksgiving and that you can look back and be thankful for the things you've learned this year and you can set some goals of things you're going to achieve in the coming year. So until then, stay nerdy. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. For more resources, articles, and to listen to past podcasts, please visit us at crowdfundingnerds.com. And if you have a crowdfunding question, we also have a page on our site where you can send a message directly to us. Please visit crowdfundingnerds.com forward slash question. And if your question is a great question, we may include it in a future podcast. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you next week. Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.